Bulls coverage show. I am your host, back from my little vacation, Keith Cork, and I am joined as always by my good buddy and co-host here, Mr. Trey Hill. And we have a special guest for you guys today because we are joined by none other than my one and only brother, Brandon. Uh, Brandon is currently the one putting me up <laughs> while I'm in Illinois. My family is staying over at, uh, at his place uh, until we get uh, our house in order. So uh, it, for those who didn't know, I uh, went ahead and moved to Illinois. So I am back home, back near my source of power, the United Center, uh, only a few hours away from there, actually. I'm definitely planning on going to a game or two. And uh, I'm excited to be back, man. Uh, but Brandon, how, how are you, man? Uh, how's it been living with me? <laughs> it's all good you know we've uh we're, we're both grown men we're making it work and uh we gotta do what we have to do for family right so love your brother glad you're here glad you're back it's been a long time it's been what 12 years since you've been back it's been a while man i've been all over the place right alabama kansas uh virginia but uh, i'm happy to be back in the home of our one and only chicago bulls here uh and the bears i got to see a bears preseason game for the first time this year, which is really awesome. Uh, I got to watch that just like, you know, Adam Amin was, was announcing. I was like, oh, look, I'm back where I belong. So uh feels good to be back. Well, I'm back. glad to have you back here. Yeah, yeah, back back at Sports Ethos, back, uh, back on the show here. So everyone's happy. We're all good. We've got a great show lined up for you guys today, though. We are going to talk mainly here today about what we think, the, the what we predict is going to be the Chicago Bulls rotation. We have a lot of guys here. Uh, actually, which, you know, you, you don't think about it because, you know, the Bulls didn't really make a lot of a big splash for agency. They didn't really sign anybody. Um, but we added a few guys. We added Dylan Terry via the draft. We added Gord Dragic. We added uh, Andre Drummond. So, you know, there are actually quite a few guys on this roster, Trey. And I think I'm curious, mostly curious to hear your thoughts here about, you know, how you think this uh, Bulls roster is going to shake out, you know, who the starters are going to be, and then who's going to be playing, you know, the main players off the bench here. Well, I, I did this exercise assuming health, which with the Bulls, given how last year went, is a huge assumption. So given that, uh, I mean, the starters are pretty pretty standard, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Lonzo, Zach, DeMar, Patrick, and Fooch. So to me, it really comes down to how many minutes do you have those guys playing? If you have everyone healthy, so you've got those five, you've got a backup five of Caruso, Green, Io. DJJ Drummond, then you've got Goron, Kobe, and Dalen Terry. That's 13 guys. You can't give them all minutes. Mm-hmm. So to me, I, I sat down, I wrote it out, and I've got Zach and Damar playing 30 minutes apiece, and then I've mm-hmm. got the other three starters playing 28 minutes. Mm-hmm. So Lonzo uh, and Vooch and uh, Patrick Williams playing 28 minutes. Yep. I feel like. Brandon, let me ask you this, because I feel like personally, and I, and I have twelve players getting minutes for reference. Twelve players. Okay, I feel like twenty-eight minutes for Patrick Williams is a little high. What do you think, Brandon? I think that's right where we would want him to be if he's going to make an impact. Because I feel like that's what the Bulls are plan- are banking on right now because they didn't do much in the off season. I think Patty Williams playing twenty-eight minutes is like saying, like, hey, this is our future, and uh, we're going to stick it out until something else uh, available comes to us. That's just how I feel. I guess I feel I feel like it, it depends on how he performs, right? I mean, so far, it's been, dare I say, underwhelming with Patrick Williams. I mean, there have been bright spots, right? There's been, you know, times where he's really shown out and shown us what his potential could be. 
And uh, I know uh, we were going to touch on this a little later, uh, Trey, but tell me a little bit about your little spat here with Marquet about Patrick Williams. I, I don't really even consider it a spat. There, there's a running joke on their show that Mark K hates the fact that everyone says he's only 20 and he turned 21. So they were, they were talking about the fact that he turned 21 and Mark K who doesn't want to be seen as the negative guy for Patrick Williams. So I, I hate to even bring it up, but he, he said on the show, basically he's like, look, if Patrick Williams had played amazing, people would be talking about how amazing he played, but because he didn't play amazing, people are talking about how young he is. But it's all about then he's like it's all about you know it's all about perspective just because he's young that you know then he he brought up Taylor Horton Tucker being mm-hmm. the same age he said he was 21 and people don't people don't see him the same way they they don't talk about him the same way they talk about Patrick Williams and then he said I don't know how to tell the difference between those two he said uh, adju- uh, I don't even remember what big fancy word he said but mm-hmm. I, I I looked it up to make sure I knew I was understanding yeah. right. And he said he didn't know how to tell the difference between the two. Mm. And so I, I, I tagged him on Twitter because he, he's a friend of the pod. He's been on. And I was like, just a great, great level of haterism by comparing <laughs> Patrick Williams to Taylor Horn Tucker. And he took a little offense and we went back and forth. But th- that's all yeah. that was. All your I would point out, though, Patrick Williams played 24.8 minutes per game. So it's only a three-minute increase for mm. him in, in minutes per game. Well, I think you guys are right. I think, you know, what Brandon was touching on is pretty much what I agree with also that, you know, the Bulls didn't make any any moves. And I'm sure that's what all the you know talking heads here in the Chicagoland area have been saying. I haven't had a chance to tune into any local programming just yet, but uh, I will. I promise you. But uh, I think that the, the biggest thing they're banking on is the advancement or the, uh, you know, uh, Patrick Williams getting better, the improvement of Patrick Williams. So. You know, that's really where the ceiling lies for the Bulls, right? We want Patrick Williams to be this guy that um, not only can he affect the defensive end, which I still maintain he's probably the best solution there at that four uh, for the defensive end, but on the offensive end as well. He can't, you know, he's not going to be a soft. He's not going to pass up shots. He's going to be aggressive. He's going to take the shots that are there for him. He's going to hit a three-pointer at a high clip, which he has shown that he can do, Trey. And I know you and I are both pretty high on Patrick Williams. And I think that, you know, people that are justified in being high on this guy, he's a fourth overall pick. Um, you know, I think that that, that potential is, is always going to be there. Um, you know, Brandon, I mean, how do you feel? Where do you land in the whole Patrick Williams spectrum? Because there's people that I wouldn't say hate him, but like Marquet, they're just kind of underwhelmed by him. And then there's people that are like Trey and myself who are, you know, we think that this guy's really darn good at basketball uh, and that he just hasn't quite been able to show it yet because of all the injuries. Look, man, I just want more Patty Williams, man. We got gypped out last year. I don't I don't know what else to say why everybody's uh, on the fence about this guy because he had a really good rookie year. Show that he could defend. A lot of people said a lot of good things about him. So, yeah, we'll see. I, I'm not on the fence of I don't like him. I'm on the fence of liking him more than disliking him. If you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I think you know, like the potential's there again. It's just a matter of staying healthy. I mean, that's really the biggest thing, obviously. Uh, and then the other thing is, is again, that, that aggression on the offensive side. Uh, but hey, if you guys are fancy players. Patrick Williams might be one of those flyers you take in the late rounds. And listeners, please take a moment to go follow at EthosFantasyBK on Twitter. It's the single most dominant basketball and fantasy news feed on earth. Get all your NBA news in one handy Twitter feed. It's fast on the competition and provides more analysis, too. Again, that's at EthosFantasyBK on Twitter. Go follow it right now. Just do it. 
Trust me. Um, so, okay, so those are your starters. I think there's absolutely no contest for me there that those are the Bulls starters, uh, Trey. But you did mention some guys as, as bench guys. So you said you had minutes broken down. So I guess in order of the minutes played, who do you have on that bench coming in for the Bulls? So I've got Caruso with the most minutes, m- most minutes off yeah. the bench mm-hmm. with 20 minutes a game. He's I, I slotted him in like the guard role. Mm-hmm. Ideally, I'd probably bring him and Io in together. I like the idea of them as a team, especially if you can leave Lonzo on the floor. Also, I just love that defensive pressure you'd be able to bring. So I, I have them, or uh, I have Caruso getting 20 minutes. Uh, my backup lineup was Green, Io, and then Derek Jones Jr. and Drummond. Uh, I gave Green and Io 16 minutes apiece, Derek Jones Jr. 8, and then I gave Drummond 12. So really, I gave Derek Jones Jr. the 8 minutes where Vooch and Drummond aren't on the court. So we've got 8 small ball minutes to play with in there. How do we feel about um, Patrick Williams playing some small ball 5? Brandon, do you think that works at all? Um, I don't think so. No. I think you got to play Vooch, and I think we uh, went in the offseason and got Andre Drummond for a reason. Um, we need some rim protection down there, and we need guys to get some offensive rebounds because it seemed like we really lacked in that area is a second chance play points. But uh, that's my opinion on it. Yeah, I think um, I think rebounding is definitely something that the Bulls looked at this offseason. I think Drummond definitely fills that need. I, I don't know if you guys saw. I think it was a week or so ago that he announced or said in an interview that he thinks he can be, you know, go down as the best rebounder in NBA history, which some people scoffed at. But if you actually look at the numbers, uh, you know, on a per 36 basis and per game basis, um, it's actually not that crazy. Uh, he's actually a very, very talented rebounder. Uh, and, you know, I know I poo pooed that signing a little bit. I've always been kind of down on Drummond, but uh, I mean, I'm, I'm coming around just because. It, you know, it, he's not making a ton of money and he's not asked to be a star player. If he's asked to just be a role player, we saw what he did in, in, in Philadelphia. Um, you know, I think I'm coming around on that a little bit. Uh, I think that he does have his value. Uh, I just think that he does have a very limited uh, offensive game. So that's probably where I stand on Drummond. So I definitely think he does play a role here, though, Trey. I think you're right. Um, here's a question I have for you, Trey. Oh, give me just a second. I want to chime in on the Patrick Williams yeah. slide real quick. Go ahead. I think against a lot of teams, especially against second units that also play small, I think if you ran a lineup of like Lonzo, Caruso, um, Green, mm-hmm. Io, and Patrick Williams, it gives Zach and DeMar a breather. That's just so much defense and suffocation if Lonzo can do the playmaking. Or, you know, you can take Green out and put Zach or DeMar in for a little more size. But I do think there are opportunities to, to, to try it out in the regular season, but it's not mm-hmm. something I'm planning for on a night-to-night basis when I'm breaking down the minutes. Well, they did they did re-sign Derek Jones Jr., and obviously they did that for a reason. So I think that, you know, if I were to gun to my head and say, uh, you know, why would this happen, I think I'd be right there with you guys. You know, that's not going to happen. But uh, in my ideal world, I, I view Derek Jones Jr. as just kind of emergency depth. He did have a really good season with us last season. Um, I just, again, I, I feel I feel like he's a limited player also. So, um, But, you know, I'm, I'm also okay with him getting, you know, eight minutes a game or whatever, six to eight minutes. I mean, fine. It's not going to kill me uh, if that happens. So um, here's a question that I have for you, Trey. And it's something that I posed uh, to a few different people. And if probably not at the start of the season, this isn't going to happen. But well, let me let me ask you this first. Who's going to play the backup point guard position? Is that Alex Caruso since you have him slotted in for the most minutes? Yeah, probably. 
Yeah. You might. You uh, might. I, I have. I have Goron getting 12 minutes. So you might. Yeah, you sure. might sprinkle him in there. But I. I kind of expect Zach and Tamar to be the primary ball handlers. So to me, I think point. I think point guard is kind of a a futile like a needless term in this offensive system. Let me shoot this out there for you as a bold statement, uh, and this is probably going to be very bold of me. I think by the end of the season, you're going to see more and more of Dalen Terry playing the backup point guard. Uh, I think that his skill set and his court vision, his ability to pass the rock, um, we saw it a little bit in the summer league. We saw it a little bit in the, in the pro-ams out there. I think that's going to be something that's actually going to get him those backup point guard minutes, and I think it's definitely going to happen if Lonzo Ball ends up having these health issues that everyone's worried about with his knees and he ends up being, you know, missing. Maybe he plays 50 games or something over the course of the season. I think you're going to see Dalen Taylor at the point guard. Am I crazy? Trey. Brandon, I'm going to let you answer first. You've been quiet for a minute. <laughs> um, I think there's a lot of like depth at that position. So it's, it's not necessarily a problem we have. It's, it's a good problem to have, right? But you got Io, you got Kobe White, both on one year uh, contracts this year. Right. So, they're definitely going to be balling out. I've seen pictures of Io. He's really been working out. His his muscle mass has gone way up, I think. Um, and you got Kobe that needs to prove himself. But again, like I said, the only piece that doesn't make sense here is Kobe White. We really got to figure out what we want to do with him. So yeah, and I love Io. Yeah, good. I'm gonna let you answer, Trey. I'm just gonna say I love Io. I loved him as the backup point guard last season. I just don't see him as a backup point guard. But go ahead. Well, I was going to say what what Brandon. I kind of echo what Brandon said. I think we have a lot of players who would classify as a point guard before Dalen Terry would. That I think will get minutes. But I, I think Terry is so talented that while he might not be slotted, you're a big fantasy guy. I think his minutes, he's probably going to be slotted as a small forward. But for all intents and purposes, he is the the the, the point guard because I think right. Zach will have the ball, and right. I think Dalen Terry will be the secondary guy. Right. And I think Io, you know, Io might be on the court with them, and I think Io will be listed as the point guard. But like you were getting ready to say, Dalen Terry, he he might be a better playmaker than Io is going to be. And if that's the case, he even if Io is listed at the point guard, I think you're right. His playmaking, his ability to to be that connector on offense and to yeah, just yeah. be that active active on defense, I think he's going to find a way. He's going to force his way onto the court. It's more of a point forward role, right? It's not like you're not starting the with the rock and you're not initiating the offense necessarily, but you are the guy that's ultimately making those plays to get other guys in position to score. And if you're asking me what a point guard is in you know at the NBA level, that's my answer to you. Uh, now, whether or not that guy plays small and like you know. Draymond Green effectively was a point guard for the for the Golden State Warriors, especially when uh, Steph Curry was out that season. Uh, and, and that's kind of the the kind of role that I see Dale Terry playing. Uh, is he going to be as good as Draymond Green? I'm not saying that at all, guys. Just like relax. I'm not saying he's he's fantastic or amazing or anything like that. Yet that's still TBD yet to be determined. But uh, but I think he does have that skill set, Trey. I, I've seen some really impressive things from him uh, this summer. How, how have you have you been looking at tape of him? Have you been watching the summer league? Uh, have you been you know what's your feelings now on Dale Terry? I mean they're they're obviously good. He he did well in the summer league. I love how he's basically as soon as he as soon as he was drafted, he's been everywhere the rest of the Bulls have been. They've preached continuity in the offseason from the front office, and the players really came through. You, you saw the list of players in the workout. There was basically the entire team together 
just getting ready for the season so they can hit the ground running. And I, I didn't look at the schedule much, but I did see that the first like 10 or 12 games that the Bulls play, it is a very rough stretch. So yeah. hopefully they can come into the season, you know, already gelled a little bit and maybe they, maybe they can steal a couple games that normally they would lose. Yeah, it is a really rough start to the season. Uh, Brandon, you brought up Kobe White, though. Let me touch on you know what I think about him, and let me have you respond to that. <clears throat> but I think you are right that um, you know where does he fit in this rotation? And I, I, you know, I think Trey, you mentioned five guys off the bench. None of those guys were Kobe White, and your guys get leading, getting minutes there. And I agree with you. I think that he has to earn those minutes if he wants to get those minutes. Um, it's been a rough start for Kobe for his career, man. I think he's definitely got the skill. He's got the ability to score the basketball and that is valuable uh if you you know do it to a certain degree at the nba level but there are so many guys in the nba like you look at malik monk or you look at you know alani walker that can go do that go get you a bucket that's a guard and they're you know many of them are taller and bigger than, than kobe white so <clears throat> a lot of people are down on kobe understandably so um his ball security has been absolute trash i've always trashed that guy's ball security he's not a point guard he just can't be a point guard we tried that out it failed miserably it's just not going to happen so if you're asking me brandon what's his role in this team it's it's a microwave off the bench to score we've been saying this all of last season if you guys have been listening to this pod you know trey and i were both on this uh he can come, come in off the bench get you 20 points right so i think he's a guy that doesn't play daily brandon i think he's a guy that plays you know when he's hot and when he's not hot, or he might not even see the floor at all some games. What do you think about that? No, oh, I, I completely agree with you because, honestly, with uh, with Caruso, Lonzo, Ayo, DeSumo, and uh, Dale and Terry, I'd rather play those guys over Kobe any day. And, and you, you know, know that sucks, sucks for me because I'm such a Hard Heels fan. Yeah. I love Kobe. But he just – if you – like situational basketball, right? If you want to play small ball in that second unit, are you going to play Ayo or are you going to play Kobe? Um, at the point guard, are you asking, or just in general? Yeah, at the point guard. I'll play Io. Right. So, what, what, I really don't know. I think he's just going to be a spark plug. If he yeah. comes in hot, I agree with you. He's going to stay out there, but I don't know. I, I just don't see where he fits, to be honest. Here's my, here's my prediction here. Kobe White is going to start the season out of the rotation. We're going to have a game somewhere in the first third of the season where it's just going to – no one's got energy. Everyone comes out flat. The coach is going to put in Kobe White and see what he does. Go earn your minutes. And if Kobe goes off and scores 20 points, maybe he gets five minutes the next game. If he, you know, performs well and plays good defense in that stretch, maybe he gets, you know, five, six minutes the next game. He's going to have to earn his way, Trey. Uh, do you agree with us here? I do. I think the Bulls will find ways to get him minutes on the floor where he is the secondary scoring option with, with DeMar or with Zach when both of those guys are, are resting on the court. Or, you know, just you can't play them so much. You've got to have guys that can score. And you've got Caruso, you've got Green, you've got Io. I mentioned all those guys first, like you said, but there's no reason you can't have Kobe White come in with with those guys also. Just because I listed those guys, that's, I have them higher in the rotation, but there's like, people are going to miss games. There's going to be, you know, there's going to be other situations. I just, I think there's going to be opportunities for him if only to build up his trade value. You're right. Kobe's had a really rough start to his career. He's only 22 still, uh, the same age as Io, who we all love. But Kobe's had, I think, three years now of 60-plus games. We've kind of mm-hmm. seen it a little bit. Right. But right. we need to see – we just – we he needs to find a rhythm. 
And I think he, I think now that he's finally settled into his role, this is his chance to find a rhythm. And even if he does, I don't, I don't see him being on the Bulls long term. Yeah, I, I do. I do think he's gone. I think he, you know, obviously, if there's a guy on the, on the roster that would be most likely to be traded, it's got to be Kobe White, man, or Tony Bradley, if anyone will freaking take him. Uh, but wait, what do you have? What do you have? Uh, Tony Bradley signed for uh, Trey? How many minutes? Uh, you know, seventeen or. <laughs> He's not written down. He's not even on the list. <laughs> that sucks, man. I'm sorry. I wrote Dalen down. He got a zero. I don't have he got to a zero. any okay. minutes. Uh, I, I, gave Bull, I gave I gave I gave Boron twelve minutes because I know he was promised minutes, right. and right. Uh, you know I, I I believe AK is going to be an honorable man. We, we saw it. Chicago is the land of honoring those promises, even when promising rookies come in and want to take those take that time away. Whether it's this situation or it's Justin Fields and Andy Dalton. You know, you, sometimes you just got to wait, let that promise happen. And then as soon as you get the chance, you yank that promise away. Of course, I saw the one game, uh, preseason game, where Justin Fields threw three touchdown passes. So I'm, I'm, I'm psyched, man. Uh, but no, it's uh, we'll stick to the Bulls, though. But no, I mean, if we're talking about, uh, you know, Tony Bradley, I mean, obviously he's out of the rotation. Dalen Terry, I think you're right. I think he is going to start probably the season out of the rotation. Uh, he's going to have to earn his minutes. Also, you don't definitely don't get your minutes right away when you're a rookie. Uh, that just doesn't happen. But I think towards the end of the season, you are going to see more and more of this kid. I'm, I'm liking this kid, man. I like his attitude too. Uh, I know I saw him in an interview kind of give, uh, Sam Smith, the business who I love. I love Sam Smith. Obviously one of the, one of the OGs there have been you know, covering the Bulls since the Jordan era. But, uh, he asked him a question about like, it was just after a bad loss and Dale Terry was just like, pissed off and was just like you know why are you asking that question man stupid question basically uh he didn't say those words but that was the, the gist of it and uh, i just love it i love that attitude because he just isn't taking shit from anybody so uh good stuff no he'll, he'll definitely find his way on the court like i said the, these minutes were based on having 12 guys healthy and on the court uh, pop quiz which bulls player played in the most games last year without looking either person sure. can answer Booch. Okay, what's your guess, Brandon? Zach Levine. Okay, Vooch was third, and Zach was fourth. Io. Brandon? Caruso? No. No, Come he's on. hurt. Caruso is <laughs> hurt. <laughs> like it was Io, who played in 77 games. He started 40, but he played in 77, which surprised me, but... The point who's, in was, between, who's in between Io and Vooch? Sorry. DeMar at 76. Oh, okay. Yeah, the point I was going to make is those minutes are with 12 guys healthy. You've got Io leading, leading the team with 77 games. DeMar at 76. Vooch 73. 67, Zach. Then it's 66, 65, 61, 55. Guys are going to miss games, whether it's for injury or ideally for me by design. Right. So you're healthy going into the playoffs. And when you're resting guys, whenever, you know, you're doing that sort of thing, you need players who are going to come out and just play balls to the wall, give that effort and encourage the teammates that are playing in the days that maybe the stars are resting to get those role players to get amped up and to give it, you know, to give it their all. You saw it in summer league, like you said, it's, he's just going to be so fantastic. And I, I can't wait to watch him and Patrick Williams together, hopefully for like the next eight years. And if you guys do play fantasy basketball, I will say that I think that the way the Bulls played this offseason, signing guys like Goran Dragic and Andrew Drummond that are going to get minutes, going to get time, 
that they are tipping their hand there. They're going to they're going to rest some people here and there. I think it's going to happen. Uh, so that is something to be wary of. But that's something that just happens in the NBA now. That's just the reality of the game. And that's just what they do nowadays. But, folks, there is no such thing as a fantasy offseason. We're talking about fantasy now. It's only the pre-draft season. Here at Sports Ethos, the pre-draft season has already begun. Our expert analysts are churning out important lessons learned and draft analysis on incoming rookies so you can get jump on your on your prep. And we'll have an incredible free agency and summer league coverage as well. I guess we already did that. <laughs> but only if you're part of our premium member team. Head to SportsEthos.com and click on the premium tab to grab a fantasy pass today. Seriously, cook yourself one extra lunch per month because it's always $5.99. See you there. Um, yeah, obviously I have some outdated copy here, but uh, it's okay. We'll, we'll get that in post, uh, <laughs> which we won't. It's going to go live. So you, so you know, Keith, I, I don't normally play fantasy, uh-huh. but but I, I've decided the league I will play I want to play a scrubs only league. Scrubs if, only. if you're, if if the guy plays more than ten minutes in the game, the stat <laughs> penalties are so bad he's a zero for the game. You have nice. to get guys that you believe are going to play less than ten minutes a game. I like that. That's a good concept. I love I love funky rules. Uh, I'd be in, man. Let's go. I, I'm in. Uh, sign me up. Uh, but no, we were talking about like. But that is the way the NBA is now, because like you can't t- judge when someone's going to get 10 minutes because people sit all the time, and it's like, oh, this guy's got a little bit of a lingering ankle issue. Uh, so it's a different era, man. You know, back in Jordan's day, Jordan played every every game, man. Like it just like I mean, obviously he got injured a few times, but he played every game that he could. Uh, same with you know Scottie Pippen, all those guys. So speaking of that, we got to roll back uh, the tape a little bit here in real life to uh, let's see July. So that's about about a month ago here. And uh, obviously it's been about a month and a half, two months since I've been on the show. So pardon me for bringing up uh, old wounds here. But Mr. Draymond Green, who I already brought up once on this show, uh, had something to say about our beloved Bulls. Here's here's the exact quote from Twitter. I'm watching the 98 Bulls versus Utah in the finals. I can't help but notice our 2017 team would have beaten these Bulls by a dub and these Jazz by 40 if they're going to play these brands of basketball. And that's why it's dumb to compare eras. So let me, uh, Brandon, <laughs> let me get your thoughts here. Mr. Draymond Green saying that uh, that if the, if the Warriors and Bulls were playing 90s basketball, that the Warriors would win by a dub, 20 points, I believe, right? So what are your what are your thoughts on that, man? I think Draymond's just trying to get his podcast views up. I think he's <laughs> just trying to stay in the media. Holy cow. Uh, come on, man. I, I hate doing this. I hate having this argument because everyone just goes back and forth. And it will never happen. But honestly, I'm biased. The Bulls would whoop them. The Bulls <laughs> would whoop them. Defensively, they're just better. Yeah. What do they got? They're going to score 90, 80 points against the, that the defensive team. We're talking about a guy who led the league in steals for what five years. Mm. Two all or three all NBA defensive team players, right? Yeah, we, we're so. locking them up. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're talking about '90s ba- basketball. I mean, Trey, right. you can put your hands on people. There's no hand check foul here. So is Draymond Green totally off his rocker? What annoys me the most about trying to compare eras, and I love Steph Curry. I think he's one of probably the 15 to 12, probably 12 at this point, probably 12, 15 best players of all time. If Steph Curry would have been, quote, a 90s player, that would have put him, what, born in the 70s? Mm -hmm. Steph Curry's not an NBA player. 
Steph Curry's not making it to the to the to the '90s Finals. You guys know why they were able to sign Kevin Durant in the first place? Because Steph Curry's ankles were so broken, they had to reteach him how. But he had to relearn a different way how to walk and run because he was going to just destroy his ankle. They didn't have that kind of technology, let alone the shoes and the braces and all that sort of thing. So this idea that you can just transport a team to a, a different time and be like, okay. Now you get all of the advantages that you get to, you got to grow up and understand spacing and understand analytics. So you got, you just got to do these things from being a child, mm-hmm. like Bill Russell, when he was growing up, they didn't jump to contest shots. <laughs> imagine, imagine growing up, learning how to play basketball, thinking you weren't supposed to jump. Imagine mm-hmm. how much that would stunt your growth. Mm-hmm. So to me, comparing eras like this, it's just the most asinine thing. Exactly like Brandon said, it was the dead time, and Draymond's like, you know what I'm going to do to get some people talking? I'm going to say some dumb shit. <laughs> yeah, he, he stirred up some crap with this one. Obviously, uh, you know, everyone here in Chicagoland was saying, hell no, uh, Bulls would take you, obviously. I, I tend to agree. Um, but, yeah, I agree with you, Trey. I think it is an asinine thing to compare those eras. I think, you know, uh, not only that, but – uh, just different, just totally different brands of basketball. And I don't know what Draymond's thinking here by saying, oh, man, we wiped the floor with them. Like, I, man, I'd like to see people get as physical with that Warriors team as they did in the 90s and see how they actually deal with it. Like, like put Steph Curry on his ass when he's going to the rim and let's see what happens, right? I mean, Draymond's going to get kicked out of the game probably because he's going to go fight somebody. And then, uh, like, what are you going to do, you know? So it's just – it is stupid. But at the same time, it's like he did get he did ruffle my feathers a little bit. He got me talking about it, too, even though I hate this crap, too. Um, he did double down on it again, too, guys, because uh, he was asked later about it. And uh, so an interview asked, said, everyone's talking about your tweet about how you can beat the Bulls by a dub. Do you really believe that? Uh, Draymond Green said, by 40. And the interview said, 40? Who's locking up Jordan? Draymond, ain't about that. Ain't about locking nobody up. See, the part that people miss is there's a difference in era. See, those guys playing from the free throw line in Seattle. I was watching game five of the 98 finals against the Jazz. The final score was 82-81. That is a halftime score. My whole point is comparing the eras. It just doesn't make sense. No one is scoring 82 points on a game today. in a game today. I don't know if we're sweeping the Bulls, but I know we're winning. I'd have my fifth ring. And there's just so much flawed logic in that, guys. I where do I even start? Like he's he's saying don't compare eras, and then he's going ahead and comparing eras and saying that I would be, we would beat them, and then he's saying that they're playing free throw line in, and so that his team's going to score a whole bunch of points. I guess that's his point there. But guys, when we watch the the Bulls and, and whatever team playing in the 90s, if you shot that ball from the three-point line, people were punching you in the gut. People were upping your where you were landing space, were trying to twist your ankle. Like, it was actually brutal. Like, people could actually try to injure you. Am I, am I like, forgetting? Am I, am I remembering this wrong, Trey? Am I going crazy? I mean, up until Zaza, that was still the same way. But people didn't – that just wasn't how the game was played. You didn't take those types of three-point shots. And if – Percentage-wise, yes, it's great if you can make 38%. But if you miss, you know, three, four in a row uh, back then, a coach is going to pull you, and you're not going to get to play if you start doing that again. Even if you knock them down, he's going to say that's not how we're playing because that just wasn't the style of basketball. Steph Curry wouldn't have been given the chance. There was the the one guy for the Hawks. uh, I can't even remember his name. Sharif. Doreen. Maybe uh, uh, who who really who really kind of stretched the floor that way, but he was the only guy. Even Reggie Miller, who um, I think it was Matt 
Issa from Basketball News went and just like did the advanced stats for his three point like gravity. And he would have ranked right up there with Steph Curry today with just what he was able to do compared to everyone else. And it just wasn't the style of game. So, again, if you're comparing eras, does Jordan and everyone else, do they get to grow up thinking, okay, we need to shoot the three? Because I think if Michael Jordan grew up from being a child knowing, I need to be able to make this shot behind this line four out of ten times, he's going to be able to do it. Yeah, I and mean, he proved that, right? I mean, Brandon, he improved as a three-point shooter as his career went on because that was a knock on him, as, you know, as all great NBA players are. Same with LeBron James. His knock was always he can't shoot. So, what you know, Jordan went out there and proved him wrong, right? Um, do you dis, do you enjoy this era of basketball or the 90s era of basketball more, Brandon? I don't think I've ever asked you this question, and you're my brother. So, let, let me hear your answer here. I would definitely say I enjoy the 90s basketball much better. And uh, just go off what you were saying, um, I believe it was the first finals game when they played the Trailblazers. I think Clyde Drexler said something about his three-point shooting. And I think he came on the first half. I think he hit like five of them or seven of them. Was that the shrug? <laughs> I, I, I don't remember if it was, but I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah, it was the shrug. Um, this guy has proven that he was trying to win. He was going to do what he had to do to win it, whether he had to be the best defensive player on the floor the best offensive player on the floor or the most athletic player on the floor or the best shooter. Jordan was that guy that was going to do what his team needed to get the dub. That's why he went 6-0. and So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that winner's mentality, man. You can't you can't buy that. You can't teach that. Uh, Kobe had it, obviously. Um, you know, Steph Curry, I would say, definitely has that. I would say Kevin Durant has that. I mean, I would say all the great players. Giannis, um, I mean, definitely Giannis. I love Giannis, man. Speaking of Giannis, Let's go ahead and get into that, guys, because that is one other thing that happened while I was gone that I wanted to touch on here. And this happened not that long ago, August 14th, so a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Giannis mentioned the Bulls. Well, he was asked straight up, you know, would you play with the, for the Bulls someday? And his answer was, I think anybody asked that question that plays basketball, if he said no, he'd be a liar. It's a team that won multiple championships. It's a team that one of the greatest players, if not the greatest player to ever play this game played for. So it's a no-brainer. Everybody would love to play for Chicago. Down the line, you never know. You never know how life brings it. Maybe I play for Chicago. But right now, I'm committed to Milwaukee. Trey, obviously we're getting Giannis, right? It's confirmed. <laughs> obviously. Shams bomb. Freaking Wo- bomb. Here it comes. No, I mean, the, you know, he's just he's just saying the politically correct, correct thing right there. Right? He's just he's just being playing to the cameras. I mean, that's a nice thing to say about the city of Chicago. I like it though. What, what about you? What's your what's your response there? What are your takeaways? I mean, Giannis seems to do this in interviews sometimes. Like he'll just say random things that for any other star other than you know maybe Jokic or Luka would be seen as uh oh are they are they looking elsewhere? But it's Giannis. He he just likes to talk. He doesn't have a filter, and he worshipped Michael Jordan like we did. Like he was, he worshipped the Bulls and Michael Jordan. So it makes sense that, you know, he might think one day down the road, if the, if the Bucks get rid of me, you know, maybe he might sign with the Bulls. But I think if we get if we get Giannis, it's going to be like when we got Pau Gasol. It's the last couple of years of his twilight. Yeah, Milwaukee's going to do everything to hang on to this guy. Uh, Brandon, how stoked would you be to see Giannis in a Bulls uniform, though, even if it was the end of his career the last few years? Oh, my goodness. I would love it. Who wouldn't? Yeah. <laughs> that guy's so big. Like, he can dominate anywhere on the floor. I think I heard Duncan Robbins say the other day, he was like, I just don't know what to do with this guy. 
He's, he's just, just so, so damn big. big. Yeah. I heard that when they were in the bubble, he was like, he got even bigger. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, to be honest, like I, I take it with a grain of salt, right? Like he said it, it was good. It was a little fun to have in the summer. But the thing I Anthony Davis said he wanted to play for home too. Yeah. I'm more interested in that. Yeah, I mean. Years. Yeah, I think I think that's probably more likely than than the other way because the Lakers are are just, I think they're going to be bad again this year, guys. And you know this isn't a Lakers show. I'd love to get uh, our guy over there at Sports Ethos, Corbin Ford, on to talk about Lakers uh, a little bit. Maybe we'll get him on before a, a Bulls Lakers showdown someday. But um, but man, yeah, I, I think that getting Anthony Davis is more likely than getting Giannis. I think Milwaukee's going to do everything in their power to hang on to him, and uh, I, I don't see any reason that that Giannis has to leave right now. Maybe if they decide to blow it up at some point. I mean, hey, Drew Holiday is getting older. Brooke Lopez is like guys last year, basically. Uh, you know, some of those guys are, are are just getting to the point where they might not be as good as they were once uh, before. And, you know, maybe Chris Middleton starts to decline pretty rapidly here uh, after he had that injury uh, last season. So, you know, maybe it happens. I'm not going to ever say that that's likely, though, or that that's a good bet. I think that's a, a definitely a shot in the water. Uh, speaking of bets, though, let me, let me put this out there. I, I got some uh, since I moved to Illinois and can uh, legally bet on sports now. I put a, a, a bet out there on Patrick Williams win most improved at plus fifty five hundred odds. Trey, what do you think about that, man? Do you think that's a bad bet, or do you think uh, Mr. Patrick Williams is going to come through for me here? I think uh, I'm betting on I'm betting on my on our our love of his potential here. Uh, is it going to pan what out? Did you, what did you say the the odds were? Plus fifty five hundred. Oh, you got to take that. Yeah. yeah. Free $25 bet, I think it pays out, um, oh gosh, my, my math is really bad, but like 140 or something like that, 150 some something in that range. So uh, pr- pretty good. What, what do you think, Brandon? Uh, good, good one, bad one? Yeah, I don't think it's a bad bet. He just came off an injury. Be a good story to have in his third year coming back. You know, I mean, if he's doing well, the Bulls are doing well. So I'm all for it, baby. <laughs> it's possible, man. It's, it's definitely possible. Um, but yeah, I think uh, this whole Yaris thing uh, definitely – Definitely just a, uh, you know, just saying the right things for the for the camera. But that's going to do it for us, guys. That's our show. Uh, that's all we got for you. But we are going to come at you some more and give you some more regular shows now that I'm back and I'm ready and I'm actually over whatever was bugging my throat and can talk again. Uh, I'm going to give you guys some more shows. We're going to get some more good guests on here. Uh, until next time, I am Keith Cork. You can find me on Twitter at, at BSBPKeith. That's at BSBPKeith. And Trey, where can the people find you? On Twitter at Final Finally. Yeah, my brother is not on Twitter, but uh, you can find him on Instagram, right? Don't you do like uh, videos for uh, for Apex and stuff? Nah, I'm a little kid. I'm on TikTok. Oh, TikTok. I'm yeah. Sorry. I'm old, <laughs> so I don't even know about TikToks. I don't know about them. Uh, where can people find you, man? They want to find your videos or something? Uh, Brandon Cork 516. There you go. So there it is. Until next time, guys, go Bulls, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Nine and three, Draymond.